0: Heyo! What's going on, everybody? It is episode number 193 of the Audible Farm Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Couchtown Coffee. Couchtown Coffee is my favorite coffee. It's roasted right here in Iowa and uh it's pretty much the only coffee i drink they'll ship the beans directly to my house all i gotta do is grind them up and french press them and i have delicious amazing coffee to drink in the morning like i said it's it's my favorite coffee i've been letting my friends try my couch town and after they try some i say guess what you got to go buy your own because uh, I'm not sharing anymore more with you. So they go out and get their own Couchtown. And I've heard a lot of people say they don't normally drink their coffee black. But I, I ask them to at least try it. And they try it. And they say they love it. So it's uh, that's a win for me as far as I'm concerned. They love the coffee. And I love Couchtown. So if you want to check out Couchtown, go to CouchtownCoffee.com. Find a coffee you like. Make an order. And when you do, Couchtown will give you 20% off. Why? Because Couchtown is that awesome. Thanks, Couchtown this week i am sitting down with steve shetler steve works for kboe which is a radio station in southeastern iowa but you can listen to it online if you'd like to and uh, he has something on his show that makes me smile so much he has the country artist of the week the iowa country artist of the week every friday let me see here i got it written down in my notes it is eleven thirty a.m. on Fridays, and not only can you listen on KBOE, but you can check out his Facebook page. He does live streaming there, and uh, while there's commercials and other things going on, he like, gets to have some other in, you know, fun little conversations and ends with the the musicians that come and visit him. And so, you know, some people that have been on this podcast have been on there. A lot of people that have not been on this podcast have been on his show. So it goes to show you how much music is actually being made in Iowa. We talk about his show. We talk about his transition to radio and, like, what got him started with radio. And, you know, we find out later that Steve's also a musician. Then we find out even later that Steve was pretty much the first ring announcer for Impact Pro Wrestling, which I've seen hundreds of Impact Pro Wrestling shows in my day. So it's kind of wild. He's like, it's like he's got this trifecta of awesomeness going on, you know, all well uh, being a self professed. Um, person that doesn't like you know doesn't necessarily talk too much or didn't get to as a kid you know he's a little bit uh you know he keeps to himself but you know he's out there making all this stuff and he's he's just supporting the music scene in such a fantastic way uh you know like i said he was in a band beforehand and uh you know he's got his awesome radio show that plays musicians from iowa it is it's just amazing you guys will love this interview this is the first time i've ever sat down and talked with steve which kind of blows my mind also uh knowing that we've probably been in the same building a handful of times for some professional wrestling events so uh hope you guys enjoy this one i had a great time sitting down talking with him. it's episode 193 with steve shetler
1: it's the audible farm
0: podcast with your host peter stockdale I'm sitting down with Steve Shetler. I think the first way I found you or like somehow saw you online was uh, maybe some artists around my area were on a radio show uh, down in southeastern Iowa. Correct
1: correct and yeah.
0: uh, th- that's kind of a jaunt for us up here what uh <laughs> you know so i figured out you had this radio show you're featuring country artists and then the more i looked into it i realized you're a radio dj there you've got a lot going on in that area so let's let's start all the way back at the beginning uh did you go to college for this is this something you were just like i'm gonna be the radio guy or how did all that work out
1: it's kind of a funny story because growing up, I was a really quiet kid. Um, my sister did all the talking for me when I was a kid, so I, I didn't say a whole lot. <laughs> I was an introvert. Um, and I went to college, didn't know what I was going to be doing the first couple of years. I uh, went to Indian Hills in Atumwa, and as I like to say, I majored in playing video games in my dorm room and not going to class. So it got to the end of those two years, and there's a guy from my hometown of Sigourney, Iowa, that had gone to a radio school here in Iowa, and I thought that that sounded pretty interesting. I mean, it didn't make any sense because I was a, a guy that didn't say a whole lot, but I thought I thought it sounded interesting, and uh, I ended up going to the to the same school that he did, which was in Davenport, Iowa at the time. It's not there anymore. Uh, called AIC, American Institute of Commerce. It offered kind of a variety of, it's kind of like AIB in Des Moines, if you're familiar with that. It offers a lot of business and and those types of classes, uh, but it also happened to offer a radio program as well. So it was a one-year program, I jumped in, and it just fit like a glove.
0: That's awesome. I don't. I'm not sure AIB is even around anymore. It might not be. Yeah, but I I do understand the comparison. So yeah, I mean that's that's really cool. It's kind of crazy that you chose to get into radio, like you said, not having been someone that yeah. spoke so much. Uh, yeah, I
1: didn't. I didn't do speech class or anything like that in high school. I was. I did football and basketball, and then I went home.
0: <laughs> so I mean. Let's let's just break this down. So I feel like a lot of people that have podcasts or a lot of people that are radio personalities are people that are going to be kind of loud, anyways. You know, so yeah. like I grew up, I was pretty loud, you know, person, and then I kind of <laughs> tapered off in my later twenties. But then boom, podcast, and I'm back to talking to everyone. Yeah, it, it's kind of mind blowing. Did it, did it work out all right? Did did you fit in well when you first started getting on the air
1: places? Uh, you know, I I'm a person that likes to stick with things, so. Uh, My current job, I've been at, coming up on 27 years, I've been at KBOE. Whoa. Um, Whoa. I only only had one previous full-time job before that for about a year and a half. Um, but once I got hooked up with KBOE, I've been there ever since. So, yeah, I think I, I fit in there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, it makes me think. Uh, recently, I saw you post online a picture of you in, like, the 90s that was, like, one of your first promo pictures or something. Yeah. It made me smile. What, what was the story with that?
1: Uh, they had done, like, a, it was called, like, a sports guide, and it had all the schedules for all the sports season in Fairfield, Iowa, where I was at. So they had it was just kind of a, a promo picture with, saying you know to listen to me in the afternoons at the time and of course I actually had hair then it was dark and uh and it was kind of a mullet type of thing going on so yeah everybody got a kick out of it <laughs>
0: yeah, that, was a, that was a that was a good one I I don't know when I saw that online I was just like oh this guy <laughs> this guy likes to have fun I should probably yeah, bring him I mean, on the <laughs> podcast
1: it, it, it doesn't matter to me if if you're laughing at me I'll laugh right with you <laughs> <laughs> fun
0: loving guy you know and that's that's one of the things that I feel like it's kind of crazy about like what you're doing and what I'm doing this, it's slightly similar, but it's also quite different. Cause you have, mm-hmm. um, I mean, you're going over the airwaves on a radio station. So you kind of have to, you're a little bit more beholden to FCC regulations and things like yeah. that than I am. But I mean, like, I'm not saying this isn't a job to me, but this is that what you're doing is your job. You're, you're yes. going out and finding these people to come in Uh, Every single week to be a country artist of the week, and I don't know how you can find—I don't know how you can find (laughs) new people every week.
1: (laughs) Well, I, you know, I started the the Iowa Country Artist of the Week segment here probably about four and a half years ago, if I remember right. Wow. And because I've been, like I said, I've been at KBOE nearly 27 years, and for the majority of that time, I didn't—I for some reason it didn't click with me that um, using Iowa artists could improve our radio station, could bring listeners in and bring other people in that aren't necessarily interested at KBOE. Um, And I took a little bit of a sabbatical from doing the on-air stuff. I was a full-time salesperson for the radio station for a bit. Um, So when I came back on, that was one of the things that, that just clicked in my mind, is like, need to start focusing on Iowa and so that was that was a segment i wanted to do i thought in my mind like you said how in the world am i going to fill this every week i'm probably going to be just rotating like four or five artists every week and, uh, and it might burn out pretty quick but little did i know and uh soon to find out that there is a lot of iowa country musicians in the state of iowa and now i'm going my, my rule is I don't let anybody on more than every six months. I saw so, that, which is also yeah.
0: like, what are you doing? What are you yeah. you're, like? It's it makes sense though. Let me just say from my personal point of view, like I've had duplicate guests on before, and I've got a few that I call like my bailout guests, where it's just like yeah. if oh, I yeah. if I need someone, I can bring them in. Or I have like a solo episode which when you have a guest driven segment and you do a solo one, it's so boring. Like no (laughs) people say (laughs) they enjoy it, but Yeah, I don't know. But it when you bring those duplicate guests in over and over again, they don't always get good listen like listenership. So um sometimes like you said, people can kinda get burned out on listening to the same people talk about the same stuff over and over again. But kudos to you for actually making like a rule to yourself where it's like every six months, you know, please try your best to adhere to this, you know, yes. and, and people are doing it.
1: Yes. Yep. They, it's kind of self policing. Everybody knows when they were in last. So uh, yeah, it's, it has worked out well. That's so
0: wild. So who, was who your first guest? Do you remember?
1: Yes. The very first guest I had, and actually it was kind of a, a uh, thing to do each year was Tyler Richton and the high bank boys were my very first guest And then for I think the next two years after that, they were all they were the first guest of the year because I started this right after the first of the year. Um, So they were first and then they were first on the next two years preceding that. So that's (laughs) really cool. Unfortunately, unfortunately, that that came to an end during COVID and all that stuff. But uh, they will be coming back into the studio here uh, next week, actually.
0: How did you end up making it through COVID then? Did you do remote interviews
1: or? Nah, it kind of shut down, shut everything down for a while during COVID. Um, probably, you know, probably in March of that year till about September, we had shut down the, the studios to everybody in the public. Um, but then in that fall, we, we picked it up again for a few months. Then COVID kind of kicked back in during the winter months. And uh, then it came back in the spring of, whatever, 2021, and has been steady ever since.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's so weird, because I feel like during COVID would have been a great time to actually, like, try to promote some people, but it's that double-edged sword of you can't really do it.
1: If I wasn't such an old guy, I probably would have tried doing the Skype thing. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I'm stuck in my ways.
0: It, it works kind of, but also like you on your show have people perform songs, which, yes, which is doable over a radio station, which, you know, doesn't have any lagging and doesn't have any buffering yes. and et cetera. So like to be able to do it over Skype, I feel like would be a lot more difficult.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't, you don't have that in-person connection that you do and it kind of the, the whole flow of the show is in person. So yeah, it, it wouldn't have been the same.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it is pretty tough like to do s- Skype interviews, and the only reason I end up like usually doing them is because it's proximity, and I don't have the disposable income, especially now to drive to go see everyone. It's, yeah, I mean fuel yeah, $5, is insane. Yeah. Woo, it's uh, it's getting it's getting steep out there, but yeah, it's it's not easy to do the Skype interviews because, like you said, it it it's unfortunate. It doesn't feel as personable. Sometimes you can kind of get along, but sometimes like technology almost dictates the conversation instead of just yeah. having a nice conversation with somebody. Cause I don't know. I don't know. I guess like from my personal experience, I feel like if you're talking to somebody over Skype, you almost have to have that business sense of like, when I'm done talking, I'll sit and I'll look and then you'll pause <laughs> for two seconds and then you'll talk.
1: <laughs> and then, you know, that whole thing. So
0: probably, we need, you know. to,
1: have, we need to make like visual cues to each other when we talk. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh! Uh, now we're getting into the whole. I work digitally, so it's yeah. There's there's certain things like you got to raise your hand in meetings and things. It's a it's a <laughs> it's a whole thing. It's it works, but holy moly, you're yeah. it does feel um, impersonable. But that's like the other crazy thing is you get you get people to actually willing to come down there. And I'm like I yeah. said, I've known a lot of people from my area, which is North Central Iowa, who have been down yep. in your direction, which is, you know it's got to feel good for you and it's also got to feel good for them because they're getting promotion in an area they normally wouldn't.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I've had people from basically every corner of the state make the drive to Oskaloosa to be on. Um, you know, I had like Randy Burke, he's from Atlantic Iowa. So he had quite the drive for him. Not too long ago. Um, I've had some artists from up around the Waterloo and Bellevue area, which is up on the Mississippi river. Um, They made like three-hour trips to come be on the radio for a half an hour, which I feel kind of guilty about doing that sometimes, but I'm not making them do it either. (laughs) They're willingly making that drive to, to come be on the radio, and it's always a lot of fun. And uh, I, think, I think they get a kick out of it.
0: Well, I think you're doing a really good job because I've listened in. Um, like you said, what you're doing is I, I know who's on there every week. And I, I hate to just be the guy that admits it outright here on the podcast. But when my friends are on, I definitely listen. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. Which is you're doing exactly what you said. You're bringing in listenership from outside. And now we're all aware that you exist in what you're doing and your radio station.
1: Yes. Which – Yeah, but it's, a, it's a two-way street there because, yeah, KBOE and myself are getting – promotion while the artists are getting promoted as well, just in different areas.
0: So I mean, like, this is for anybody that's out there that's listening, that's a musician, if you don't know this exists, and you're a country artist, this, <laughs> this guy might be one of your new best friends this year. So uh, it <laughs> could very well be worth hitting him up. Uh, it is,
1: it's a lot of fun, because yeah, something like that, I've, I've been able to be able to f- be the first radio station to break a lot of these artists and play their uh, studio stuff on the air for the very first time, which, you know, is, is a big thrill for them. And it's a big thrill for me to be able to do it. Because, you know, that, that's going to put me in their memories forever. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No kidding.
0: I mean, you're doing a great job on social media. I mean, even promoting the artists, you, you, you make regular posts, you feature the artists, you tag their their Facebook pages. I mean, you're doing All of the stuff, right? As far as I can tell, because when I scroll through, it's just like, oh, you had this person on this week, and here's a picture of him, and here's the video (laughs) of it. And I mean, it's all right there; it's all housed there very nicely. And you're doing a great job of promoting the people. So I, I think it's, you know, I feel like it's very beneficial for everyone involved. And uh, you know, speaking of promoting, I do want to also let's see what we got here. The buzz cut. I just recently saw that on your social media. That's uh, something, yes. something you're doing on KBOE. Let's talk about that. What is the buzz cut?
1: So before we get into that, it was the buzz cut was actually preceded by a long time program called the New Music Challenge, um, which pitted two songs and two artists against each other every weekday on KBOE, and then voting would determine who would move on each day. Now, way back when, it used to be just simply phone voting, taking calls on on the phones and and calculating the votes that way. Mm. Uh, Then it it, it increased to, you know, when social media became a thing, we moved it to Facebook and and started voting on Facebook. But it was a great thing, but it was also the downfall because of bot votes. And when I say bot votes, I mean B-O-T, fake votes coming in. Because whoever and however that works, I don't know, you have to, I think you have to pay some weird place on the Internet and then you, you unleash the bots to vote on your behalf or on whoever's behalf. And so that totally ruined the whole concept of the New Music Challenge. So I did away with that about a year ago because um, I had been doing tournaments. I had a, I, I did a battle for Iowa tournament for three years did like year-end voting for awards for the state of Iowa and for independent country artists. That is cool, and but it got ruined because of these stupid fake votes. Oh, it's so, so horrible. Yeah, and it, it it's it's such an easy concept, but uh, too easy, I guess, to to get fake votes. Yeah. So
0: when you had said you initially took phone-ins and then tallied them up that way, I was like, well, that just seems. Like it would take forever,
1: you know. Yeah, and and see, I would to entice people to vote. I would also have a daily prize, whether that was a CD or tickets oh, to something. Cool. So it would, you, if people weren't all that interested in in the songs themselves, they were still interested in winning the prize.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's awesome. So, yeah. So but of course, you know CDs now. Nobody wants CDs anymore, it's, and so that was kind of always the easy giveaway. It was e- easy to have a CD on hand to give away. So when CDs kind of bit the dust, that uh, took away a lot of my ability to give away stuff every single day. But uh, anyway, so the new music challenge preceded the buzz cut, which started about a year ago. And the buzz cut is simply what it says. It's it's a new song that's coming out to country radio. That's creating a buzz, creating some excitement, and I can feature that on the air uh, twice a day on KBOE each weekday at uh, 10.30 in the morning, and then our afternoon guy replays it at about 3.15. And then, of course, I tie in the, the social media aspect of it as well to give it some uh, some extra bang.
0: Mm-hmm. So is are those just Iowa artists that you're doing these buzz cuts for? or no. is, it, is it any country artist? It's
1: open to anybody. It could be Luke Combs. It could be jesse wilson here in iowa you know oh nice yeah hey i'm wearing (laughs) the jesse wilson hat (laughs) (laughs) anybody in between yeah i think i saw
0: adam whitehead recently was on there yes
1: yep just had him on there today with his new one so he's got a new song that's that's coming out on friday and wanted to give that a little hype going into that so yeah you can can use it to you know just shine the spotlight on whoever you want really because the cool thing about kboe is we are owned by a family that was originally based in Oskaloosa, and uh, they own Mahaska Bottling in Oskaloosa, but they also happen to own KBOE. So we are not owned by some big corporate conglomerate that's going to tell me what to do.
0: No way!
1: Yeah. So, I mean, that's why I have so much freedom in what I'm doing. Oh, um, so, you know, so cool. Some big stations, they, they aren't able to do what I'm doing simply because they can't. They aren't allowed. Um, so I'm taking full advantage of the opportunity to be able to, to feature whoever I want kind of pretty much whenever I want.
0: That is absolutely – I had no clue that you guys were uh,
1: – Yeah, independently owned.
0: Yeah. I mean every radio station it seems like is owned by like three different companies and that's it. Yeah. You know, like it's pretty wild, uh, especially yeah. when you <laughs> – like, I'm from Fort Dodge area. I, I'm not 100% sure, but I think almost all of those are under the same umbrella now. But there used to be, like, five radio stations in Fort Dodge. And now they're all, you know, yep. a cookie cutter of something that a big company thinks.
1: Yep, definitely. So, yeah, it's it's a great advantage for KBOE. That's wild.
0: So do you get to uh, – let's compare what you're doing to what other radio DJs are doing then just a little bit. So you – do you have – Do you have the ability to choose what songs you want to play when and like all like all of that? Or is it it, do you have stuff that's kind of like prefabricated for you? Or is it something you're always kind of culling the herd and bringing new stuff in and shuffling it out?
1: Uh, The way it works is our music, what we call music logs, which is what all the music for the next day is laid out for us. And I'm picking what is in that uh, music that it chooses from. Um, so it spits it out every day. Now, if I want to rearrange or, you know, do whatever, I, I have the ability to do that. And then as far as my playlist, like, of course, you have all the, the older songs that you mix in, but all the current songs that I'm playing, I'm I'm choosing my playlist each week, and it has 60 songs that's rotating. Some are in what you call heavy rotation down to light rotation. Um, and I, I also have an, a specific Iowa category. If you listen to KBOE, you're most likely going to hear an Iowa country song, probably at about 10 till the hour or a quarter till somewhere in there. Cause it's just, that's the way it's programmed in. So, uh, all, all of the Iowa artists with quality recordings are getting fair and equal rotation in that, in that spot.
0: That is wild that's so cool. So you're not, it's not like you're just featuring these people on Friday and just being like, thanks yeah. guys. Good luck. Yeah. Like, yeah, see, yeah. <laughs> yep, see somebody else next Friday and everybody can high five yeah. me again on Friday. That's wild. <laughs> so you're playing, you're essentially playing 24 artists. Uh, is that for the whole day? So it'd be like,
1: if, if it gets played, sometimes it doesn't get played within the hour, but most likely probably at least 18, 17 to 18 Iowa songs are getting played each day. That is wild. That is so yeah. wild. Um, and, and if people are listening, they're like, oh, I can go record something, you know, in my basement and it's going to sound like crap and it's going to get radio airplay. I, I'll tell you that it won't. <laughs> yeah. It has to be quality. Yeah. It has to be radio ready.
0: Yeah, I'll definitely say that. Um I've it's not like I've I've fallen victim to it, but I know some people who are radio DJs and they're like we get sent a lot of stuff and and yes. you kind of got to go through it. And it's like, "Oh." yeah. But I also understand cuz I've tried to rec- like you said record stuff in my own basement. Some people can pull it off and it sounds good. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Dude, I mean yeah, it's crazy. All these stuff comes from basements, <laughs>
0: but, but yeah, I mean like the stuff I was, rec- I was like, man, this ain't going to make it on the radio. I'd have to pay somebody. So like, I get it. I get it. It's a tough, yeah. tough pill to swallow to actually pay someone or to go get a good recording, but it's totally
1: yeah. worth it. And, and I, I hate to do that. That's, that's a part a sucky part of my job is every once in a while having to tell people no, but you know, hopefully it makes them be better and, and do better.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you're like, that's one of the things I like about, you know, you're a radio DJ. You're on the radio every day. So, or well, I guess five days a week. So people, you know, feel like they get to know you and things like that. So oh, you probably, yeah. you probably have some way to be, uh, diplomatic well with your candor you know as instead of just being like no your song stinks or you know (laughs) so you're not just like go away but it's like people are you know probably you probably just like real nice to these people like this is actually a really good song but unfortunately it needs to you know whatever this that the other radio jargon recording jargon yeah i I
1: tend to to give nice nice reviews and try to point out what needs fixed and and what's good so So, yeah
0: so Along with interviewing people once a week and playing Iowa artists every single day that you're there, uh, do you have any other like – I feel like you, the, you would be one of those people that just is like a jack-of-all-trades.
1: Do you review music too at all or – Well, part of why I am music director for the radio station, um, the, what that entails is – you're probably familiar with Billboard magazine. And and all the billboard charts, you know, the top 40 and whatever, top 200 albums. Uh, I report and see all the major stations in America are reporting their playlists each week to billboard. That's how they get their numbers. Um, So what I do on a kind of on a smaller level is there's a place called musicrow.com, which is for small market stations, and they have their own rating system. They have their own top 40 and their top 80. Um, so small-town small, small town radio stations like Oskaloosa, KBOE, um, I don't know, it's between 50 and 100. It kind of moves a little bit every once in a while. Uh, 50 to 100 stations are reporting their playlists each week to Music Row. And so it's for small-town small, small town stations, small market stations, and it's a little bit more independent, music-friendly as well. So, you know, we're, we're playing all the big names, like, you know, the Luke Combs, the Luke Bryan, Thomas Rhett, but uh, we're also playing some completely unknown people that aren't getting airplay in, like, Des Moines or the Cedar Rapids markets or someplace like that, so.
0: I, I, you know, I didn't, I had no clue Music Row was actually a thing. I kind of knew there was something about, like, reporting your playlists to, you know, the the charts and things like that. I knew there was something with that, but uh, I didn't know that there was like another option, like another place that's actually making a yep. chart.
1: Yeah. So like when, when artists come out and, and I've told, and I've helped artists, Iowa artists uh, with that do or do radio stuff. I've tried to point them in the right direction as far as what promoters to hire, if they want to get into the radio thing, because radio is not cheap. And there are a lot of snakes out there in the promotion world. <laughs> a lot of people that will just take take money and, and not do anything for you. So I've tried to help and, and point people in the right direction as far as promoters and stuff like that and how to even get on the radio to begin with because there is a little bit of a process that probably isn't interesting to, to the listeners right now. Um, but, yeah, and I don't even – I am kind of lost track of where I was going with that. But, yeah, there's a lot, a lot to radio and there's a lot to doing it on the independent side.
0: Yeah, I mean – If you want to get, like, played on the radio, it's not terribly hard if you're, like, you find a local station. Like, you know, I'm sure they can just reach out to you and figure out the proper channel to to submit a song to you and and start it that way. But if you want to get anything bigger than that, it's... You need like a promotional yeah, a team behind you. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're, gonna, you're gonna pay a few thousand bucks to to even do it on do it on any sort of national level.
0: Yeah, because I I'll tell you what I tried to go through and just pick like concentric circles around where I live with radio stations and just be like peppering them with, hey, do you want yeah. do you want to you know play my my new album for my punk band or whatever you know, and the farther out you got the the more no responses and no <laughs> uh, just you know? flat out no's you got so. Uh, it's not always easy. Like you said, the farther out you get away from your local stations, it's not always as easy. But uh, I, th- I yep. can't remember. Just... I, th- I think Go I ahead. sent emails to like 50-ish stations, and I th- I ended up on like 12 or 13 after it was all said and done, which is still cool, but it took like yeah. a whole afternoon of research just to get played on 13 stations or whatever. But And I'm not even in the rotation on some of them anymore, and it's, it's whatever because it's not new music. Yeah. But yeah. It's, it's still kind of cool that people ended up, you know, Playing it and stuff like that so oh sure
1: yeah i was i was kind of in the same boat as you uh, we were talking before we went on the air that um a few years ago i was in a, a rock band a christian rock band called piercing the darkness which we had recorded a couple of albums so and we sent stuff out to christian rock radio which ended up getting airplay um so i kind of get it from both perspectives from the radio side and from the artist side of, of what they're going up against
0: you know, that's something else that's really important is – is, I mean, you bring it up now. You're an artist, so you're an artist. So you actually get to see this from both sides of the coin that that's something that most radio DJs and most artists would yeah. never get. So like the artists, most of us don't – we're not on the radio 24-7, and most DJs aren't necessarily artists. So it's kind of yeah. crazy that you get this perspective from both sides that most people would never get. So you kind of know – you're almost like – this person that's like a safe passage between the two, you know, it's like, it's like you can help lead people from one to the next. And yeah.
1: And that's what I've been trying to do too, is just be that connection uh, for some people, especially here in Iowa to, to make it to that next level and make it onto the radio.
0: That's so wild. That's so cool. I mean, I mean, I, I guess there's, it's crazy if I'm saying this, you know, 30 minutes in, but you and I didn't know each other before this podcast and the amount of uh, interaction we had was like like 10 messages yeah. you know so yeah. but I was like this guy's you you could tell you're a good guy just from watching you online you know and listening to you on the radio and seeing the interviews you do with people and it's kind of you know I'm like kind of mind blown but at the same time I'm like this you know go figure this guy's a cool dude you know like it's uh I'm not trying to just like you know toot toot for you or whatever but it's a you know, you know hey man when it's due toot
1: toot <laughs> But as Arne Anderson says, toot, toot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. we get into some wrestling talk here in a bit. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is
0: hilarious. That is absolutely hilarious. So let me ask you this. This, this is just a hypothetical situation, and this is uh, uh, no bearing on anything. We're not leading into anything. We're, I'm not trying to start anything. But if you ever had to leave KBOE, you, could you see yourself jumping over to a big box radio station and then just – trying your best to fit what they asked you to do
1: at at this point it would be hard to do something like that yeah i don't know i mean depending on the paycheck (laughs) yeah i mean
0: you said you work sales though too so yeah you you know you're not just radio dj only guy
1: yeah yeah i've done basically the only thing that i have not done at kboe is be the engineer the really, really 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 smart guy Um, but otherwise I've done pretty much everything else at the radio station (laughs) that it doesn't have to be quite so smart. Oh my
0: gosh! I absolutely like. I'm. I feel like I'm fairly intelligent when it comes to computers and and basic stuff. Like basic stuff, I can figure it all out. But when you stand there next to, like a giant rack of servers, you're like, "Whew!
1: Glad I'm not running this." <laughs> not, not it. <laughs> that is absolutely. But I don't know. Weird. I don't know if 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 a big city, if a big market came knocking, what I would do. Because my wife and I have lived in in our small town. Pretty much all of our lives, so it would take something special to to uproot that.
0: You never know; you might end up somewhere like WKRP, Cincinnati. There you go. I uh, had to had to bring it up at least once. I could I could be the next Dr. Johnny Fever. Oh my gosh! <laughs> or I mean, Venus Flight.
1: Uh, or Les Nessman.
0: Les Nessman. Oh my gosh! I don't know if you want to be Les Nesman, <laughs> I don't know if you want to be Les Nessman though. Do, do you? you or re- Herb? Uh, report on the turkey drop. <laughs> yeah, really. Oh my gosh. Uh, for people that don't know, we're talking about a show from what the seventies, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, WKRP in Cincinnati. Go look it up; it's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> has nothing to do with what we're talking about today, really. But so let me ask you about social media. How do you feel that social media has helped you out? Because, um, like you said, you've been at KBOB for over twenty years. So we're we're going to say pre-social media, pre-big internet influence. Mm -hmm. so how do you feel that social media has helped you out in this time where people are listening to the radio on the internet and everything's on the internet? Yeah,
1: no, I mean, if anything, you know, if you start talking about brands or, or branding like that type of stuff, it has definitely expanded, uh, my brand. If, if I myself am a brand, I guess it would have expanded, expanded that to more of a national and, you know, obviously people can listen internationally as well. Um, but, you know, like I said earlier, I mean, it's it's kind of put us out there for not just this section of the state. It's for all of Iowa now. It's for, you know, whoever wants to listen in. You know, when you talk about independent country artists, they have super loyal fan bases. So when I feature an independent artist from wherever, Georgia or Nashville or the Carolinas, their people are tuning in online or watching the Facebook Lives that we're doing and uh, so we're getting some national exposure. So I mean, you go from just kind of being like the unknown person on the on the radio in Southeast Iowa, only known to Southeast Iowa, to being known, you know, quite a quite a ways out.
0: Yeah, I, I don't have the statistics up here, and I'm, I don't want to make you brag it up. But do you know how many Facebook followers you have on your Facebook page?
1: <laughs> I do know because I'm right on the verge of twenty five thousand. That's so go oh, hit the like button. <laughs> that's what I
0: saw. Oh my gosh. You are absolutely crushing
1: it out there. Uh, but that, that's all. And uh, I'll give credit where credit's due. It's all because of the artists that I feature. It has, and, and it has nothing to do with me as a person. It has everything to do with the artists that I'm featuring and that I'm putting on my Facebook page that gets the response.
0: But I mean, I feel the same way whenever I get any sort of like traction or recognition for doing the podcast here. It's like the podcast is its own thing. I'm just somehow like the guy that's like the fourth wall for everyone, you know? And yeah. all of the likes that audible farm has is hundred percent because of the guests that are on here. Nobody would like it if it was just me talking, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but it's 25,000 is an absolute insane number for, and I'm not trying to call you out, but small town radio. It's, yeah. Oh, yeah. it's mind blowing.
1: It's... And I don't know if you ever see there on Facebook pages, like you can get the insights, the numbers on people that are interacting or, you know, whatever. But you can also get that information for other, like I can get it for other radio stations. Mm-hmm. And and the uh, number of interactions and the number of activity on my page rivals that of just about anybody in the state of Iowa as far as uh, country radio station Facebook pages.
0: So that's so, so crazy too. Yeah, you're yeah. Like, you're like competing with Des Moines and stuff yeah, like yeah. That. They don't
1: know it, but <laughs> <laughs>
0: they
1: have no idea that I'm competing with them. But <laughs> oh
0: my gosh, that is so hilarious! And I mean, that's something you're you're doing internally, but it's also benefiting you. Uh, you know, I guess as a businessman and benefiting the radio station, and and it ultimately it also benefits everyone that comes on your show you know subsequently you know if any yep. anybody that keeps coming on they drag more fans to your to your show those wow. people are like I'm going to pay attention to this cuz somebody else I might know will come on here every now and then they might tune in and find somebody they've never heard of and be like this person's cool you know mm-hmm. so it ends up being this thing that's just it's almost like snowballing now 25,000 yep. holy cow
1: yeah yeah when i first started it was i hit 5,000 oh probably within the first year but then after that it's just yeah, with with the different, like the new music challenge that I was talking about, with the buzz cut, with the different online Facebook tournaments that I've done, it's just, yeah, it's just kind of like you said, snowball. That, that's
0: wild. I can't believe that. I uh, I mean I, I think of what, fifteen hundred or something on on Audible Farm, which is pretty wild for just, you know, internet guy or whatever. And but <laughs> but, but dude, that's that's nuts. You're out there just doing the work, and it's showing. Like it shows. <laughs> It shows in the, the great guests that you end up bringing in. It shows in uh, the quality of what you have going on. Because, like I said, it's you can listen on the radio and it's high quality because it's radio. You know, it's not like I said, not skyping it in. It's not somebody like yeah, buff, yeah. buffering while they're trying to sing a note.
1: That'd <laughs> be horrible. <laughs> I was gonna say another thing that that uh, has brought attention to us is you know independent artists um, go out on radio tours. And so like if you've if you've watched my facebook page the last few weeks i've had i think six artists within two weeks time that includes the iowa artists but six overall artists in the studio um doing interviews and doing uh, facebook live streams with me so uh, that that helps as well because yeah you get those independent like i said independent artists have that fan base have their own individual fan bases and then it just all kind of rolls together
0: I, th- I feel like your Facebook lives have also added a new dynamic to this that uh it just makes it so much more enjoyable you can actually watch instead of just listening yeah you know yeah it's great uh and it's yeah. fun to
1: interact during the like commercial breaks on the radio we stay live and we always do some bonus stuff While well, while we're on commercials on the radio we, we just uh, do like a bonus song or interact with the people that are watching too so that's that's a fun aspect of it that is super cool
0: And i know there are some stations out there that do that and they try to get their djs to do things like that but you're easily one of the most consistent that's done that i'm well, not good. i'm not trying to once again i'm not trying to be like hey hey but it's you're always <laughs> there man and i feel like that is also some of
1: it is having consistency
0: you know every single yes. week you're always
1: doing it Yep. Yep. Same time. Same bat stat. Bat station. Bat, same bat time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's talk about this uh, Christian rock band you were in a little bit. So you were telling me that uh, you guys made you had CDs. You played shows all around Iowa. Radio stations. I mean, all the way up, like out to you played prisons like Johnny Cash yeah. did. You know. So I, w- I want to hear <laughs> about this.
1: All right. Um, so yeah, I was in a band called Piercing the Darkness. We were Christian rock. I think. Uh, like Metallica meets Sunday Morning, um, <laughs> figure that one. Out. And that's another weird aspect of this. Is you get the friendly country radio DJ that likes to rock out to Metallica and sing like James Hetfield. So figure <laughs> figure that one out. <laughs> I don't. I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> and again, you go back to the beginning of this, where I, I was an introvert, so and and didn't sing a note in high school. <laughs> that's so wild. That's so wild. But yeah, we we got together, I think it was 2007 when the band originally formed. And we we went about 11 years and recorded a couple of uh, CDs. And and like I said, had put stuff out to radio, uh, Christian radio. And we literally got played all over the world. Um, When we went through the channels that we did, one of the uh, very first radio stations to get back to me, uh, because my email was on the information that had gone out, was a guy from Australia and starting his email by saying "Good day, mate." <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, immediately, immediately we were getting airplay in in Australia on our first single that we had sent out. So it, it was that was pretty mind blowing, um, and very humbling as well. Because who would have thought uh, a little band from Southeast Iowa could could get worldwide airplay? Yeah, no um, kidding.
0: That's that's wild though. Oh.
1: Yeah, so we did did that. We and we played you know, we started off just playing like church events only since we were a Christian band. Um, but then we expanded it out into public events and, uh, you know, county fairs. We played up at the state fair numerous times on some of the, the free stages up there. Um, and then did festivals around the state, we didn't really venture out of the state all that much, but kind of you know, with all of us having day jobs and real jobs, we couldn't get too far away. But, uh, yeah, played probably the most the most neat, neatest gigs that we did were in the prisons. We played uh, three different prisons in the state of Iowa. Newton, the Newton facility, being the one that we played the most, um, and that was that was a real eye opening experience.
0: Oh yeah, that'd be mind blowing. I, yeah, I, I was. Oh, Go ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna say, like it's it's like a movie, like a scene in a movie. And I almost feel <laughs> like it I almost feel like what you probably went and saw was almost just like you thought it would be in the movies,
1: was it? It's yeah, what the setup that we had in every place and in every prison that we played was they have a gym. And we would set up in the gym, and the sound quality was horrible because it was bouncing off the cement gym walls. (laughs) (laughs) But and the prison, usually we would get about anywhere from 100 to 200 prisoners in the gym. And these were the guys and gals that had been on good behavior. You know, they weren't letting – the roughest of the rough in there to, to come in and and possibly do something bad, but they were letting the people that had been on good behavior come in. It was kind of a reward for them. Um, But going into the prison, you would have to send in a list of absolutely every single item that you were bringing into the prison down to guitar picks and guitar strings. They wanted to know everything that you were bringing in and then they would check it, check that list when you got there they would go through absolutely everything that we had. And if there was anything that was not on the list that we had, it was not going in. So they were very particular about that. And same as going out. When you were done with with the concert uh, checking out, they would again uh, check, the staff would check everything that you were bringing with you out and making sure that you, you know, maybe somehow the prisoner, one of the prisoners that, you know, snuck you something to, to take out or whatever, they were making sure that that, that wasn't going on they're making sure that we weren't leaving anything behind that could be possibly be used as a weapon or whatever Because yeah a guitar string in the, in the wrong hands could potentially be a, a pretty hazardous weapon Woo! yeah i mean
0: <laughs> when you think about it just about anything on a guitar could be i mean yeah they could start taking like just some of the hardware off of it or a couple screws here and there or oh, something yeah. you never know what the, yeah you know but that's yeah. That is crazy. I guess I never even thought about that part of it. I mean,
1: yeah. I just that thought was, that was the most intense part. Yeah. Part was that was going in and out. But but once you get in there and you know, the first time that we did a prison gig, it was very, very nerve-wracking because we didn't know what to expect. We're going into this prison, you've got the, the circled barbed wire at the top of the fences, and you're thinking, Holy crap, what am I doing right now? Yeah. <laughs> but you get in there and you get 200 prisoners rocking out with you and having a great time and singing along with you, to songs that they know, I mean, it's, it's life changing for, for them and us. That's
0: awesome. Yeah. You got to think like, you know, I mean, I'm, everyone's there for a different reason, you know, but you got to think that'd be such a nice reprieve from the everyday life that they probably have, you know, just to be able to go out oh, yeah. and listen to a concert, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, we, and we had, although we were a Christian, a Christian band, I mean, we had people of all religions that you could think of uh, listening to us at one point or the other, just because you know they wanted to break the monotony of what they were doing. We could have been singing about anything, probably, and they, as long as it was somewhat entertaining, they were happy to be there.
0: Yeah, I mean, you'd think anything this side of Yoko Ono would probably be acceptable at <laughs> that,
1: rate. <right>, you know, <laughs> but the cool thing is, as being a Christian, is it was it was the ability then to to kind of be a, a witness to those different people. I mean, we played, uh, open up Oakdale in, uh, Iowa city area and they have some pretty hardened criminals up there. I mean, murderers and, and some people that you would know from the news and they were also in attendance at times. So yeah, it was, it was quite the variety of people that we got to perform for.
0: Did you ever get the opportunity to speak to any of these people or, uh, was it just oh, like, yeah. A, Oh
1: yeah. Nice. Yeah. I mean, when we were in there we usually made an effort to uh, before and afterwards to shake hands with everybody that was coming in and going out. Cause oh, we just, cool. I mean, it was that, it was that close. I mean, you were, there was nothing stopping them from doing whatever they wanted to, but they were all on their all on good behavior and, and it all, it always worked out really nice. No chicken wire, no nothing. No, no, it was just us and them. That's wild. I mean, and usually a guard, usually a guard or two just in case, Yeah, I I feel like sometimes the
0: news is kind of just like made us all just like expect the worst and hope for the best. But you know, it's, I mean, I wouldn't expect anything bad to happen. You know, everything should be pretty well locked down and everything should be good to go for you. And yeah. I would have been super nervous though too, my first time going in to do anything like that. I would have just yeah. sweating yeah. bullets the whole way in. <laughs> sweating bullets the whole way out. Maybe they'll keep
1: me. I don't know. Like <laughs> I was ah. always, you know, people were wondering if we would get out. <laughs> or, if they, or if they would let us out.
0: <laughs> you guys rock too hard. We're gonna have to have you stay yeah. stay another night. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is awesome let's see. What do we got here? We're about 45 minutes in. I feel like we've touched pretty decently on on your show on KBOE. It's the Iowa Country Artist of the Week. It's 11.30 a.m. on Fridays. If people want to contact you and maybe uh, try their best to be uh, one of the Country Artists of the Week, what is the best way to get a hold of you?
1: Um, You can find me on, well, I mean, my Facebook page, which is just Steve Shetler, KBOE. On Facebook, you can uh, get a hold of me there, or my email address is is on the radio station's website, or you can, you know the, as is the uh, the radio station phone number, uh, just the contact information there at the kboe radio would be probably be the best way to go, and then yeah, we can get things set up from there.
0: Nice, that's awesome. So yeah, if anybody's looking for that, I will drop uh, at least a link to your Facebook profile or your <laughs> Facebook page in the description section down below so you gotta hit
1: that twenty-five thousand mark yes i i need like 15 more likes that's
0: it like 50 well i added at least one today maybe two because i I liked you with a couple pages so uh you know anything i can do to help but there you go but it's crazy too to know that you uh you know both the plight of the musician as well as uh you lead the life of a dj to know that you've been out there and played these crazy cool shows, you know, uh, once in a lifetime shows that you actually got to do multiple times in your life, you know? Yes. That's so sad I, I would also
1: say, you know, if, if we still have people listening at this time, <laughs> that <laughs> if you're an artist and you have the opportunity to play in a prison, it is, you need to do it. It is so, so life changing for you and it's so beneficial for the prisoners as well. Uh, if, if you're into that, that type of thing, cause it's, it's a really good thing.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, absolutely. I If anybody ever offered it to me, I would definitely a lean yes before no just to yeah. say I did it, you know, at least. It's so crazy. I mean, you have such a cool story already, but like, well, here's something crazy. I know a lot of people uh, that listen to this podcast have probably at one point in time seen a professional wrestler or possibly a promoter uh slide through the podcast every now and then uh-huh. uh, about 10 years ago i i mean i was going to wrestling shows uh 50 plus a year easily i mean it was okay. it was nonstop. i don't know how you and i did not run into one another at a show <laughs> we may have we we might have been at a hall of fame show together we might have been somewhere Probably. together but here i come to find out that you're a, a really big pro wrestling fan and you might have actually had something to do with uh the early stages of impact yes. pro wrestling in Iowa, which was right in my backyard for a long time
1: <laughs> yeah I was uh when impact pro wrestling started uh Troy Peterson and I you know Troy don't you yep he's been on the podcast actually once yeah yeah Troy and I are are longtime friends we uh, actually got hooked up through pro wrestling he was the story with Troy and I is he was working in oscaloosa as a furniture store manager and he was coming out to the radio station to record a, a radio ad and his sales rep introduced us because she knew i liked wrestling and we hit it off immediately <laughs> and uh, and then troy uh, was gearing up to do his very first wrestling show in oscaloosa and asked me to be his ring announcer so that's That's how we started our relationship. Um, From there, yeah, I hung posters with Troy. I promoted with Troy. I I, uh, helped book shows, especially in Delta, Iowa, when we had the big town of Delta, Iowa, the Delta Dome. The Delta Dome. Yeah, it was rocking and rolling. And I even... Don't mess with me because I am undefeated. I am 1-0 in the wrestling ring. Oh, no way.
0: You've been in the ring. <laughs> I'm so
1: jealous. a tag team match. I'm so
0: jealous. I don't care if you never even got tagged in. I am jealous, man. <laughs> Please tell me you got in there, though.
1: Oh, yeah. I, my, the funny thing is, if you if you ever see the video, is it was me and Big Dog Barber against AJ Smooth and Mick Mayhem. That dastardly and, and I, AJ Smooth. Yes. Yeah. I always give him a hard time whenever I see him. Um, um, But I got up. Mick Mayhem was in the corner, and I was doing the spot where I climb up on the second turnbuckle and give the ten punches. Mm-hmm. Well, after the ninth punch, I started. I looked to the crowd, and I started swinging my arm around, you know, getting them all jacked up, and I about fell down <laughs> <on> the turnbuckles <laughs> before I could deliver the tenth punch. But thankfully i held on thankfully oh my gosh. i got punch <laughs> dude, that punch dude that is
0: classic oh my gosh uh believe it or not troy uh coming to the county fair here uh in my hometown of humboldt iowa was the first interaction i had with independent wrestling and uh he got the sheriff in town involved and him and aj yeah. smooth got into it and uh started smack talking each other and Oh my gosh, I was hooked from there, there on out. It was just like, what is this? And it's like this is independent <laughs> wrestling, bud. This is yep. a little bit different than what you're gonna see on TV. So it's it's tons of fun going to those shows, being that close to the the wrestlers or that close to the other fans, or to be able to interact from you know ten rows back and, and yeah. know they're gonna hear you still. And
1: yeah. Oh, and, my and gosh. the cool thing is, you know, you never know which of these guys that you're watching at these small shows with maybe fifty people in attendance which of these guys is going to end up being a superstar on, on the national or international level? Because I mean, we had Austin Aries with us, you know, 20 years ago when he was a nobody in the Midwest mm-hmm. and of course he took off and, and did all sorts of stuff. Um, Seth Rollins, who was Tyler black. He, I, if don't quote me on this, but I think his first paid pro wrestling match was in Delta, Iowa. <laughs> so so we, we can kind of claim that as well. I'll, I'll claim it at least the ring announcer. Yeah.
0: And I mean, there's, there's a lot of, you hear the cliche, you know, you go to the indie shows cause you never know who's going to, but dude, I've seen a lot of people that ended up making it on TV in some capacity or another. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's wild. I mean, Adam Pierce wasn't local or anything, but he's on TV all the time now, and I used to go watch him, you know, a couple times a year when he'd come through. So yep,
1: he's a Midwest guy. Yep,
0: yep. I mean, it's it is what it is. So it's totally a thing. So, Uh, you know, I I loved going to wrestling shows, and you're talking about like IPW back in. Uh, I almost would call it like the golden era of IPW. Yeah. Like, I mean, they in were humane society. Dude, you guys were crushing it back then from like Minnesota down to, you know, to the Delta Dome and back. I mean, it was you were, you were <laughs> doing shows all over the place. You were bringing in uh, all sorts of wrestlers that ended up uh, as IPW changed over the years and started their training facility and kind of breeding yeah. a lot of the wrestlers out of that. Um, breeding them out of, training them out of the <laughs> breeding, Jesus. Oh, my gosh. What's going on there? What's going on over there, <laughs> on Troy? The <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, but, like, as they changed a little bit, you know, they they quit bringing in all these outside wrestlers, but a lot of the wrestlers you guys were bringing in were all, the people who ended up becoming, like, the biggest names in, like, this, these guys are the biggest guys in Minnesota now, and these guys are the biggest yeah. guys in Nebraska, and these guys are the biggest guys in Kansas and Missouri, you know? So you guys, back then, were just bringing in all sorts of, awesome wrestlers like and not that they're not now but it's just one of those things i i love to to look back at all of those uh ads that troy i mean he still has all of the flyers yeah. for all that stuff yes yeah and in the training facilities like they used to do shows out of them um when the training facility was now to so i would go up there and watch shows and you'd see all these cool old posters and you know johnny fitness is there and <laughs> I don't know. The whole thing it's just it just brought back a lot of nostalgia, especially when you said the Delta Dome. I was just like, "Oh no
1: way." Yep, yeah, that that's right in my backyard. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Everybody knew who I was. I mean, we would if you if you haven't seen the Delta Dome and what we're talking about, uh, it should be on the historical list here in the state of Iowa. Because because <laughs> it's, it's quite the facility
0: <laughs> oh my gosh but i i don't know it just i feel like wrestling definitely lends itself to that that whole like nostalgia of the past the uh um it's almost like you can uh zhuzh it up a little bit you know when you tell it you know when you're regaling about the story I for old day. exactly <laughs> <laughs> i remember uh a big one for that was like uh when I would be, like, watching some pro wrestling on TV, like, let's just say it's WWE, and they'd be like, oh, here's this highlight package from, like, Razor Ramon and so-and-so from back in, like, 95, and you're like, cool, and then you go watch the match, and you're like, this match is, I mean, it's good, but it's kind of a snoozer, uh, yeah. but but they, when they put all the highlights together, you're like, man, this is amazing, you know, but <laughs> those wrestling guys, they all have to hang out and spend so much time together and on the road, you know, they're almost like a band, kind of.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: You know, so. And
1: we, I, I was going to say one one more interesting story from the Delta Dome, let's hear just it. to give you kind of a feel of of what it's like, is we had a scaffold match at the Delta Dome. Um, oh my gosh, gosh. Trying to think, trying to think who was involved: Chance Cordova, Devin uh, Carter against I can't remember. Might have been Smooth and, and Mayhem. Don't quote me on that. But the finish of the match was. Two of the guys were up on top of the scaffold near the the ceiling of the building, and the finish was that uh, I can't remember who, but they grabbed a handful of asbestos from the top of the ceiling, shoved (laughs) it in the guy's face. Oh, it was Chance Cordova who did it because then he took a huge bump off the scaffold with a face full of asbestos. (laughs) And the
0: crowd went crazy. Oh, my god! Oh, my gosh. That is so nuts. Oh, it's so crazy. I absolutely love independent pro wrestling because nothing is off limits. Nothing is off limits. Like, you, know,
1: you, you can get away with a lot.
0: IPW was known also for, like, fans bring the weapons battle royals and yeah. things like that. So, like, that's one where you can bring in your own stuff. And it was super fun because you'd go to shows. And I've been to the fans bring the weapons battle royals a few times and, you end up with the people that are just, you know, they're bringing in like all sorts of crazy stuff. Like, you know, Oh, here's a, a sheet of glass. And it's like, we're not going to use this, you know, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But like, I mean, like you'd find like the little kids and they'd bring in a stick and it's like, Oh, that's <laughs> cute. They brought a stick in, you know? And then, and then Troy would be sure to put it in the bucket and someone would use it. and The kid would freak out that somebody used a <laughs> stick, you know, I'm using my stick. I, uh, I got really big into collecting, uh, com- old computers on junk days and then just like bringing in all like the, the keyboards. Yeah. and So yeah. you, so you take good it, weapons. Yeah. You get smacked once with a computer keyboard and all the keys go flying. Yeah. Unfortunately it ends up, you know, just shrapnel on the ground to anyone that wants to take a bump afterwards. <laughs> but the funniest thing I ever saw in a fans bring the weapons battle Royal was, uh, somebody brought in a stone cold Steve Austin foam finger and, uh, <laughs> I'll just describe it like this. It's like a, your number one finger, but Stone Cold would tell people they're number one with a different finger. Yeah. So, so it's one of those, right? And uh, somebody comes out with this thing and they find it and they just start poking people in the eye with this giant phone finger on. And the people were selling it like they like they got like hit by a truck, like they were shot yeah. or something. It was like, oh, this is so hilarious. And of course, like after everybody gets poked in the eye and takes a huge bump and some people are bumping way over the top rope and stuff, but... Uh, he ends up just starts to doing stone cold stunners to everyone. And it was, it's like, why is this so entertaining? And I don't know, but dude, pro wrestling, it's, it's something else, you know? And I mean, you're even wearing a pro wrestling shirt. I don't, I don't have one on yeah. now, but, uh, I mean, I even made it mock up like audible farm, like NWO style shirts for a while. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I uh, made a limited run, and what's what's there is there for now. I guess I'm not. I don't think I'm in order anymore. I don't really want to get sued by Vince, you know. I don't, he's a little busy right now, but
1: gimmick, gimmick infringement. Oh man,
0: but yeah, I mean that's. I knew once you know once I saw you're a pro wrestling fan too. I was just like, oh, we're in, and then and I kind of knew that you knew Troy, so it was like. Oh, we got to hear some stories, and I—I I mean, I'm sure I could just sit down and talk. I mean, we've got an hour in already, and I could just sit down and talk with you for another hour about pro wrestling stories. But uh, I think we'll give the fans and the listeners a break. <laughs>
1: yeah, maybe we'll do a part two sometime. We'll, we'll just definitely about- have. To. Oh my gosh, I would love that. <laughs> I would
0: absolutely love that. Let's see if we got anything on my list that I haven't talked about. Um, I'm just going to say it again, Iowa country Artist of the week, 1130 AM, 1130 AM on Fridays on KBOE that's 104.9 FM, or just go on the internet and listen to it. Uh, I'll put a link down below to KBOE. So you guys know where to find it. Okay. And I'll also put a link to your Facebook page down below. Anything else you want me to link up down there? I think that's about it. Those are the two big ones. I know the, your guys' website at KBOE is real easy to go around to it's not like all convoluted and weird so it's real easy once you find the website it's super easy to find everything you need to find on there yeah so uh high five whoever's doing the the web design there because like i said uh radio stations seem to be notorious for really really busy (laughs) websites
1: yeah. yeah, ours is pretty easy to navigate.
0: Yes. Um, Steve, all I got to say is thank you. Thank you for taking a shot in the dark and sitting down with me and talking to me for an hour, even though we didn't really know each other.
1: Well, we do now. We and, do now. I think, I think we're, we're best friends
0: now. Uh, basically, basically. <laughs> if, if you guys want to be friends with Steve, hit him up. If you guys make country music and you live in Iowa, Steve might be one of your new best friends. Yes. Steve, don't go away. Thank you very much for joining me. All righty. It's, uh, it's amazing to know that I've done 193 of these episodes, and I've interviewed so many people from across the state that are making music. And then you run into somebody like Steve, who has been doing something uh, just like I'm doing, except more in-depth. And he's picking country artists only, and he's absolutely crushing it. Somehow he's finding new musicians to interview each and every week, it seems like. Steve hats off, Steve hats off, man. It's, it's mind blowing that you're able to do what you're doing. You're putting in a lot of really hard work. And uh, this episode was full of insight. And uh, Steve knows a lot of the ins and outs of uh, the radio game, the music game, and everything in between. Uh, you know coming down to production value and and you know where to have your music played and how to help people out and get their music played on different stations how to report your music and things like that so it's it's super cool to have people like Steve around in the music scene helping out the way that he does if you guys are uh, anything in the country music genre Steve might be one of your new best friends I would definitely suggest uh, getting a hold of him and at least saying hi uh, cause he's got an amazing show down there. Like I said, I've seen it a handful of times, uh, people from my area and people that I've had on my podcast have been on there before. So it's really amazing to know that they can go on there, have a conversation with Steve, play a few tunes, including songs live on the radio and, uh, you know, then go about their, the rest of their day. So it's really cool. He gives them a great opportunity to do some great things. And, uh, Steve's a really great guy. It was really cool to sit down and talk with him. Like I said, you know, morning DJ, uh, on KBOE, it was cool to hear about KBOE and how they differ from other radio stations, and and how he kind of transitioned to where he was at, and uh, just such a cool story it's such a cool dude. So thank you very much, Steve, for sitting down and talking with us today. I uh, I really appreciate it, man. If you guys are looking for any of Steve's links, I'll pop them down below. There's going to be a link to his Facebook page. Give it a like. Hopefully, we can push him over the twenty-five thousand likes. Uh, man, twenty-five thousand likes. That's another. Uh, that's another. Proof is in the pudding, people. Uh, 25,000 people like your Facebook page. It's probably not an accident. It's probably not an accident. So check them out on Facebook. Otherwise, I will have a link down below to KBOE as well if you guys want to go check them out online there. Uh, Hats off once again to Steve. Great guest. Thank you very much for taking time out of your day and joining me. If you guys are looking for Audible Farm links, they're down below. Down below Steve's links. You can check those out at uh, the Audible Farm shop. You can t- shop Audible Farm merch, check out anything Audible Farm. We got shirts and uh, stickers and keychains and things of that nature. So check out the shop. Otherwise, you guys can check out Audible Farm on Patreon. Video versions of the podcast. It costs $1 a month. That's only $12 a year. You can watch the video versions of this podcast. Or you can just uh, subscribe and give me a dollar a year. And uh, as a way to say thank you for uh, putting out all this awesome content, I'm totally kidding. Watch those videos if you guys are Patreon subscribers. There's some people out there that watch them, and uh, you know, hats off to you guys. If you guys like the video clips, you will love the Patreon versions. It's a longer version of the video clips, and uh, it's you know, it's a great way to to watch these things. It, it kind of helps me feel like I'm interacting with people because sometimes I'll go through and I'll I'll watch the Patreon videos myself, and I gotta close one eye so I don't have to look at myself the whole time. But it's it's pretty good time. It's pretty good time. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, $1 a month, Patreon. There's a link down below for that. Otherwise, everything else is at audiblefarm.com. Don't forget to rate us, leave a review, subscribe, wherever you're at. If you're listening to this on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. If you're listening anywhere else, there should be a way to favorite the podcast or leave us a review of some sort. Five stars, one stars, let us hear it. Let us hear what's going on. Um, Great guests this week. Great guests coming up. I'm finally starting to get ahead of schedule Again, it, it's taken me a while, uh, as you guys have known, but it's I'm finally getting some guests to be able to, to have some free time, and it's weird. It's weird. Summertime's tough to, to make schedules work. Everybody's got something going on, so I understand it. But thank you guys for listening each and every week. Uh, I'm out. I'm out. We'll see you next week. Peace.